Evening all, welcome along to the LWB Club Football Pod. We're on episode five. We're looking back at quarterfinals from last weekend. We're looking ahead to semi-finals next weekend, and we're also having a look back at Carlo Ladies Football Finals here. Uh, the episode, as always, as it has been during the course of the championship, is brought to you in association with Recovery Hub and Carlo Milano's Takeaway of Bagnestown, Seamus Bourne Electrical. If you want floodlights, Seamus Bourne Electrical is who you hit up. Carpenters Bar Lounge and Restaurant, Ray Wheel and Limited, the Barbers Barbershop, Fine Framers, JJ Services, and Scott's Bouncing Castles. We give a shout out to Precision Media Productions as well. Unfortunately, John didn't get around to getting his clips for tonight, so we may do without the clips. Um, maybe next week we have a couple of them to, to go through. Uh, they're a great addition to it. I don't think there's anyone else in Leinster doing it live on one night about their club championships with live video analysis. They are fair play to them. Um, but uh, it's something that definitely we pride ourselves on here on uh, on the Left Wing Back podcast. And uh, thanks to John for supplying the clips to us throughout the championship so far. The man covered nine games, I think, or something over the weekend. So we'll cut him, we'll cut him a bit of slack on that one. Um, we have a lot to get through. I say this every week, but I'm going to start with what was perceived to be the most anticipated fixture of the weekend. Uh, in terms of excitement and quality, it was probably one of the poorest games of the weekend. And that was Aerog and Rathfilly. 1-9 Rathfilly, 8 points Aerog. There goes my prediction for the championship. And yes, I am an idiot. Um, <laughs> in fairness, Brian, you know, you have to give your due to Rathfilly. Um, when it comes to these games, they're nine times out of ten written off. They're very seldom favourites. And a lot of the time, they tend to come up with the goods when it matters, despite poor performances previously. Um, am I too harsh in saying that this was shit enough as a game? To be honest, I thought it was a spectacle it was anyway. God, there was a lot of basic mistakes. I have a lot of positive things to go through with the other games later on the program, folks. So it's not going to be done with loan for the hour here. But I don't think it matters to you whether it was a bad game or not anyway, does it? No, not at all. And good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Stephen. Um, I think um, a lot of what you say is fair enough. And I know, okay, last week I predicted um, Rafili, but I don't mind saying it now. At the time, that was purely because of there's green and gold blood in my veins. Like, it wasn't based on any sense because the way we've been playing was absolutely and I shouldn't say we so forgive me but with the way we based on the three previous performances even the Alachlan performance wasn't good and um I was and even I said to one of the one of the players wives actually but uh before the game just um uh and one of the comments was like will we be within 10 points here like that was genuinely the fear that was like we just did not know what referee was going to turn up um thankfully the, the sweeper worked really well Colin Byrne is the, the ideal sweeper he's got pace the Burns can read the game better than anybody, so he worked really well there. Um, Brandon was uh brilliant, and um, obviously Brendan was excellent as well. Josh Moore was excellent. Um, but as a, as a spectacle, yeah, it, for the neutral, it wasn't good. When you're involved, like supporting the team, like you're kicking every ball, so there, like there's a certain excitement there for for us, and there's a certain excitement about a fully arrow game. But um, compared to the game before it, uh, there's no comparison for excitement. I mean. The goals, um, the the battle with Casey and, and Noel and everything, um, yeah, as a spectacle, poor, but um, um, it was probably never going to be a, a great spectacle anyway. With the way the two teams had been um, performing throughout the year, you know. Yeah, Stevie, I suppose um, the scoreline. Okay, right, yeah. In terms of bookmakers, it looks like it's a it's a surprise, but the amount of scores that both teams tend to clog up in these games is generally in around that ballpark. There's they're generally maybe ten like yes, it was ten scores versus eight scores. But I'd say if you go back through the annals of history, that's probably about average. Just when these two meet, it tends to be that sort of a game, a bit of a, a bit of a dogfight, a nullifier, whatever you want to call it. And um I think in terms of Rafili, where we have to give them a bit of credit, uh, we will come to Airog as well. Brian has touched on a couple of lads there. I thought, you know, Brandon himself was, was pretty good. Uh, Porek Deer, I thought, was phenomenal. Mm. And um, maybe these aren't guys that you're talking about as match winners in a semi-final. But boy, God, they played a serious part, Stevie, didn't they? Yeah, like, uh, it was four, I think it was four points to two. And I was the man, and I said to him, a goal chance here now was going to be, there might be only one goal chance in the game. And I said it was only a couple of minutes after, um, Raffili broke at pace and ended up with Conor Dyle at the edge of the square. He got bottled up and he turned across to Brandon Kelly. And the minute that went in, Raffili grew 
you know, they just they smelt blood and they, they kicked on from there. The, back to the lads in Emily, Parry Dearman was making runs there in the first half. He and it was to draw, try to make a bit of space, very selfless runs. And, um, you know, he, he ran himself into a standstill. It's a, you could actually see before half time, he, he, his pace nearly changed because he just doing so much running off the ball. Um, like, the scores were a premium, and I know compared to the first game, like the first game, they like gets three, four goals the first half. There was one goal chance yesterday, I think. Well, two if you call Brendan Murphy shot off the crossbar in the second half. Um, the ping probably Gannon's one as well, maybe. I'd say you probably should yeah, have put that away. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Yes, it over, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, they're, they're thin on the ground, like they're thin yeah. on the ground, and that's uh, look, many always reckon next door here, you stop air all getting goals, not too easy to do that. And like, that's what was done yesterday. And um, like we're saying about Rangers, stop them getting goals uh, as well, you know. But like the score was one three to five at half time. I think it was was there three points in when Brendan hit the crossbar in the second half. Yeah. Uh, then the ball to Robbie kind of misjudged or mishandled it. No, hit the crossbar. Probably never looked like going in. But to be thinking, right, these are things. You no, know, you know, they're forgetting to let off. They might kick on here now. But just you know, I all. So the last they played well against Panarana, but like you know, they just you can't press a button. Like and Rafael, we're in no better situation either. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can't just magic a button. The same teams, plenty of teams this weekend in in Kilkenny and everywhere, they haven't been going well. And some teams have upped their performance. They're still in the championship more and more. Over. It's very hard to in a week on week championship, um, to get momentum, especially in the group stage where you know after. The first game, it might be nearly true, but um, like Brendan Murphy yesterday, he, you know, they're, they're running the, the, the amount of space in the middle of the field. That, like, there was a lot of characters there Jordan Morrissey, Morty Ware, Brendan Murphy, you know, and you're looking at the scoreboard at the end of it. Jordan got one point, they're all scores like Gannon got two points, Chris Blake got one, Neil Quinn got one from play, a couple from freeze, like Carl Hull's got none. Holden got none, Reese Denise. The far side you have, you know, there's something similar. Like Brian Murphy only got a point, he got one from play, one from a free. Gary Debson was on to get a point, like he hasn't played in a while. I know I've seen him on the problem a couple of weeks ago. The the goal yesterday was the, the I thought it was just a change of it. It just gave hmm. if Aero could have got the goal, maybe, you know, they could have drove them on. But the the thing about it is I know we're saying we're trying to compare it to the first game. It was you're you're in the middle of the first game, you were looking at from the the two ends of the hurling, John Owen takes it over yesterday. They're the, the hurling player, player and game, the lads were in the first game. And uh, there was that bit of excitement in that because you're, you're kind of, you're, those who are looking at the hurling regularly are kind of looking at, like Danny Dyle, where's he? He's not playing wing back, you're wearing five. Next one, bang, is a goal scored. And then he's gone, we're still saying, is he still playing that number five gets another goal? You know, you're, I know we can compare the two games, but every game is different. You know, it's just yeah. Rafael, you know, you know, I, I thought uh, Robbie Ryan carried a lot of ball yesterday. Lost selfish from Brain Smith. I just thought mm. the ball goes into him and sticks. And yeah, I, I thought they're all full back. Like they were, you know, they're, they're missing a lot of experienced lads. They're Marcus Gerald, Paul McElligot, Owen Road, all lads wearing three, six, nines, all these jerseys. You know, and mm. hard to you know compensate for all that and and hope to win a championship as well. And look, okay, it'll be. Get knocked out the quarter final is a you know it's a it's a big setback for our all but, but the Graf Philly that'll bring him on leaps and bounds for next week but also uh it was a heavy game on him as well like you know so pal I'm just looking your your pal and Graf Philly uh Mr Andrews and Anton Ryland and you're going back to the 1950s if you take Graf Philly like Graf Philly didn't come into prominence till 1983 there was four or five years in Cardiff football and the three teams were dominant were actually pal Tin Ryland and Bala Murphy. And uh, them three teams are going to be in the semi final now, and Rafaelia stuck their beak in as well now, and just can't pick a hope of it. They're, since 1983, we're talking about Shem got the goal 40, 40 years ago today. It'll be 40 years ago next next year since Rafaelia came on the scene, and they have been, you know, the, our minors play them tonight over there in Fenna, and they're an example as a club. Like they just max out on what they have, and uh, a bit like Sam Owens in the hurling, I suppose, the concentrate and getting developing lads. There's always a little filter of trickler lads like Brandon Kelly yesterday. Lads don't ever talk about size anymore because the chap is only a fistful. 
and he knows how to mind the ball, got one chance of a goal, took the chance. And that was the difference in the wind-up. That was, that was the difference. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things I, I would like to mention there, right? So, and you mentioned a couple of those guys. But Brian Smith is another one over the past couple of years. Does exactly what it says in the 10. Gets the ball, makes a stick, generally will come away with a score or two. And very underrated, I think, when it comes to this Raffili setup. Um, you mentioned Brian Murphy there. And a couple of frees he's probably a bit wayward with, which is uncharacteristic. But from open play, I think Carl Kelly did a pretty good job. And Carl Kelly wouldn't have played too much senior football over the last couple of years for various reasons. And I think he had to be given a bit of credit for, for what he done yesterday. Because, you know, even though they didn't come away with the victory, if you were saying to yourself ordinarily, if you quieten Brian Murphy, you're probably going a long way to winning the game. And sure then, young Kelly steps up. Brian Smith makes the ball stick. Deering is bombing forward for wing back. Brendan Murphy's doing his thing in the middle. You know, and that's that's just the nature of it. Flipping it back to Airog, um, like it's just so weird to see such talented players make such uncharacteristic errors when we've seen them not do that for such a long time. And you know, I mentioned making the ball stick, I mentioned Brian Smith doing it, didn't stick at the far side at all. Like that full forward line, geez, you could argue that's that's nearly a county full forward line. Like Colin Holt and Chris Blake and Niall Quillen, you're like. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. When you're going in like there in any of those positions, you know you're going to be under pressure. At least you should be. It just didn't happen and, for the lads. You know what I mean? I have to, have to give huge credit to um, the Raffidio full back line. Um, yeah. Like Barry John was like Mr. Consistent as always. But um, Luke Coleman making his championship debut, like uh, in a. He was very good too, yeah. Yeah. In a, in yeah. a, in a grudge match. Like it wasn't an easy place to go for him. And uh, he did very well. And, and Dara Kern, um, like. Burst onto the scene last year, Mika Richard style, and um, on the county panel now as well. And like, we had a big problem conceding goals like nine goals in three games. And clearly, an aim yesterday was no goals to be conceded, hence why you know the sweeper was deployed. But um, that full back line and the sweeper kept uh, that that forward line to was it three or four points, he said. So, um, like, kudos to them and brave of the management to give Luke Coleman the chance, like, you know, and he, he stepped up to the plate. and um, there were other changes as well that were were brave and hard decisions to make, but they they did it like you know. The amount of attacks that broke down in that area there, it's just in front of us there in the first half, so we're on the forty five. The amount of air attacks broke down there was you know they were they were broke down for a reason. There was good defending from Raffili, and yeah. um, that just gave them the uh, you know once they got the goal, the sense to just every man just up this game that. Bit more after half time then I think, uh, you know, they just they just it was like the Raffili of a historical Raffili Arrow game that Raffili have won. We'll say that just you know Eric Malino, he's like looking at him start. I said okay, they're, they're, they're starting this lad last year. He was coming in as a sub and it worked well. Got goal in the county final. If this wouldn't work well, have to coming off the bench like just he he does some running in the game like he just. Mm. He mightn't be the most stylish footballer in the world. Won't be taking the shots, but he'll be making the space and come pop out of Brian Smith or Brendan Murphy or whatever it is. And that's his job. He does it to the nth degree. This is the most ridiculous statement of the year so far. I think the fact that he's played so little football over the last couple of years is nearly an advantage because that bit of, I suppose, um, I don't know what term Broly uses, right? But that bit of spark and that bit of kind of like what Rangers forwards are like. He just kind of does something that is not the norm, and occasionally that might drive people mad, but there is times then where a bit of magic occurs, because it's just a little bit different. You don't know what he's going to do. You know what I mean? Um, Who would have, I missed miss the name. Who? Eric Malloy. Oh, Eric. Oh, cheers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know that sort of way? Like, I just get that, I get that vibe off him. Sure, look, he was an incredible underage footballer, and I think he's come back the last couple of years. He's made, he's made a difference as well, but overall, he hasn't played much football over the last I'm, 10. I'm that you nearly, can, you can you tell know, with him. Like, yeah, and the, the, the soccer brain kicks in. Like he gets it, and he's no fear in taking a second, stopping on the ball, and he'll take a standing solo, like and have a look around him. And you see, very few Gaelic footballers um, do that. The, the first priority, the first thought is move forward or um, mm. keep moving anyway. But the idea of standing still and taking a solo, very few do that. And yeah. um, I know Stephen mentioned Gary Dempsey, but um, like for a man who was um, always uh, a sort of a 
a firecracker for us in the full forward line came on yesterday and was the calmest man in mm. in Network Scotland Park and kicked three points uh, yeah. that sealed the deal. Like, you know, it was mm. a great experience to be able to call them. Like, you know, so, so, so did they bring in, like, he just brought that little bit of steadiness, you know, and even to have a, a free taker coming down the stretch like that of that caliber. And I appreciate the freeze he kicked weren't exactly, you know, weren't. Hardest ones in the world, but you keep them anyway. And they're, they're mm-hmm. them. They can't be actually, the free taking, free taking yesterday from all the teams was was good. I think there was couldn't say there was yeah. any. Mm-hmm. No, the probably wasn't the refereeing was good as well as I suppose the freeze were uh, premium. I, I, like what? Now Quinn got two. I think um, Brian Smith got two. Dempsey got two. Brian Murphy got one in this game. You know, so mm-hmm. the you know there were as I said. 198 points. There were, there was a low scoring game. It was intriguing as much as I know. You're you're looking the other game it had six goals in it, and, and all goals are, are great to 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 get a game sets it alight, you know, as well. But uh I I I thought ten scores like it's, if Rafa Lee, like you know, they have the youth at the back and the big experience probably up front. Like Gary Dempsey is 37 or 38 years of age, I can when I seen I seen him in the program a couple of weeks ago and I probably hadn't seen him for a while now. I didn't know like Kevin Murphy like was back. I know he played it a bit the last day and went off. Did he get injured yesterday, Brian? He went off Kevin, yeah, hamstring. Yeah, he went off in the first it was the first half. Um yeah. We've got we've got a good bit from the Rafferty point of view. So um I bring in the next man here to say congratulations. We're gonna to go to the ladies' football slot at about quarter to ten, but uh, he's here now early, so I'll bring him in. Uh Christy Bulger, how's things with you, sir? All good. Yeah, uh, I'm going to, have to put a tilt on these jokes now because we're making billboards over everyone. Um, congrats, man! Uh, good victory on on Saturday, and we'll come to that a little bit later. But we're obviously talking about Aero and Raffili here in the senior championship at the moment. And I I'll come just back a couple of things from. Huh? I come back a quarter. Yeah, Look, all we've kind of said about Aero so far uh, is uncharacteristic. I suppose errors from from people that you don't expect it from. But one thing I haven't touched on yet, and I'll bring you in on this, is where they kind of elected to take shots on from. I don't have clips now to back this up, but a lot of them were just like complete pot shots. And I suppose you might give a bit of credit to Raffili for soaking him into that trap, but it's not something you you'd be accustomed to seeing with Errol. Where where for you did it kind of go wrong yesterday? And I suppose in general as a season, it hasn't been the best one for Errol. Uh, yesterday, I thought that like uh, Rafili just lived in our mistakes. Um, we made so many ridiculous mistakes, um, and Rafili got some something to take away from the mistakes. Um, Rafili had paced though; there were a few really pacey players, and they broke us down very easy. I thought it got through the lines easy with the pace. Uh, the pot shots, I suppose, if you're looking at the last three games. It was happening there as well. Like we were four or five points up against St. Ireland. We hit four or five pot shots. They didn't go over. And that puts fire in the belly in the opposition because they're still in a game, like you know. So um yeah, just maybe lacking a small bit of leadership there. I thought like like if you I suppose this goes for every team. If you're attacking and the defence gets set up you have to be just prepared to be able to keep the ball for two minutes if that's what it takes uh, and get strong runners behind you and get lads up in front of you um, and if you have to go across the pitch someone's going to bite off the opposition but we didn't we didn't do that yesterday unfortunately um, and uh, and I suppose that's where the, the unforced errors in the pot shots came from but like in fairness uh, Raffili are a good season side they know how to win games and that shot yesterday um, big time. Mm. Yeah, it did in fairness. And I, you know, Stevie has said that a goal was going to be a big moment in the game. Uh, the chances were were few and far between. Um, if Gannon pushed that away, is it a completely different game? Was it a, was it a big turning point, or do you look at the other end and you see the ball hitting the crossbar, and you know the goal chance that Rafili missed? I I'd be interested to see the stats because I actually thought it was. It was always in the mental pot, kind of, because both teams were kind of giving up ball easy enough. Not easy enough, but, like, uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I, t- I thought both teams were keeping each other in the game, really. Um, yeah, it was anyone sure. 
what, 10 minutes ago, there was only a pint in it. So um, it, it was always there. But I think Rafili looks the stronger anyway for the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, we're going to move on to the other one. I don't know what you again for the first one, Christy, but it was an absolute home dinger. It was a great game of football, really, really enjoyable. And the way I was saying it to Steve yesterday was... Although supply was relatively limited at times to the Mount Rangers full forward line, and I'm talking about a period of maybe 10 to 15 minutes at the end of the first half, and probably the first 10 of the second half, you always felt every time a ball went in that something was going to happen, and there was a bit of danger. And like, when you look at Italia 4-9, you know, I mean, it's not too shabby. But when it went down the far side, and 2-11 isn't too shabby either, he just didn't really get that certainty about Bainestown in front of goal. They took some great scores as well, the earlier part of the game was phenomenal quality actually and all through it was far superior to the second game but it was just a really really good game and Rangers are getting a bit of momentum now aren't they? Who are you talking to? He's obviously not listening as usual I'm used to that I'm used to that They lost the first game but you're half the team were away um, and like you, you could write a book now at this stage Rangers know how to win games they're seasoned campaigners uh they, they, they know how to to do battle and to get stuck in and win them dog fights and like they just they ne- never give up. You can never write them off. And like of all the four teams that are in there, probably Rangers really fancy themselves. They'll see a door opening here now and they'll try to go through it big time. Stevie, obviously uh, you're in close proximity to me for this, and you know at half time you still fancied Bynestown. I still fancied Rangers at that point. Um, what's what's the I suppose what's the meat and drink of this one? Where where does everything change? Um, you know, Christie's mentioned Bynestown or Rangers are are you know proven winners in tight situations like that. They have the experience, but like you know, what's what's the what's this boiling down to? Like Bynestown, like you know, to go back from was it three three to four points or whatever back to one. Yeah, there was seven now. Yeah, 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 three three to one and a half time and. Uh, coach, I probably half time. Maybe came at the wrong time for Bagnestone. Uh, like you, you, you lose a lot of energy getting back level, and sometimes you don't get ahead. Actually, the day when the point down again, then Danny Dale buried the goal to make it two, whatever nine to three, four, whatever it was. Like, but the thing about it was the far end, as you said earlier, like the every time a ball went in, you had that fear. Like, that six goal chances last last week, they took three, was it? Six again yesterday, I think, took four. Um, so there about air all teams. If you stop air all scoring goals, that's the same with it with Monessa Rangers at the moment. But the they're, they're they come on like Eddie Bourne, um, Ted, Ted Joyce. Ted Joyce has definitely improved in the last couple of games. Like they're, they're playing football, football, you know. The, the, the Eddie Bourne was actually out. We're at Neil Delamere the other night in Carlo, and uh, uh, I, I thought um, Delamere was gone, he, he had um. Eddie Bourne for a couple of minutes now. He didn't go too much to town on him, but uh, Mark Harper was only two two people away from him. And what was he doing on his a sketch on RIP.ie? And I was waiting for him to get Mark Harper into it. But uh, I said, once I know Eddie Bourne to see, will they win the match tomorrow or not? No, and we can we can say he was ahead, but uh, he wasn't in the pub anyway. But uh, like the goal, he scored the goal. He scored, you know, he, he's a presence up there. And I, I thought Jack McCullough would drop back on him. No, Look, he's, it wasn't a skyscraper ball, and then he got the goal off for Anton, but it's just to have a bit a mix of you can lob in a high ball to him, or you know, Chris is good, like they buried the first goal, like just that turned and stitched in the bottom corner. Uh, I said the other day as well, like that they have to stop and getting goals, first minute of a penalty goal, you know, that's one month we'll pint up after. Then Bob Mar hits two cracking points. Yeah, up the field. you know, <laughs> you know, as cold as a cucumber in the fourth and fifth minute, I think struck over two points. But the thing about it, every time Rangers have got these problems in games, they've went up and got a goal, and you have to fight back and get them two points or three points back. Well, Lachlan Eddie's last night conceded the goal before after he got three points back straight away, notified it completely. But like, he can't keep you know, they're they're when Rangers, they're there's 10 or 12 of them county hurlers. You know, they've, 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 they've that physical presence, they'll have the mental presence. They'll know, like Gary Kelly, unfortunately, went off injured, probably gone and said for the next day. The two goals that Bangasun did get for Jeremy Clark got 
overturned balls in the half of the lane. One of them was he ran to Gary Kelly. No, just getting the ball. It was nothing dirty around malicious. Balls up in the farm to say Danny Dyle buries the two of them, you know. And and it's a you know, the drive on from this, they just couldn't get that probably need to get three or four points up, maybe. Just you know, and it's again, unless you got the same scores, 13 scores as the opposition, 13 scores, just their goals make the difference. And you know, the, the Chris Nolan got one, one three, I think, from play, one two or three from play. And you've seen the battle he had with Andrew Casey, and you know, it was the two of them were literally in, in, in the square for oh. half the game. Going and you could have had, you know, it was the ball wasn't even going up there. One minute they were pulling a dragon around next, and we're having a chat looking out with life going on down the far end of the field. And you know, the the thing was to get the balance of like Danny Doyle got two goals and I thought, you know, finished it home brilliantly. And you can't take something away from that score six points, but I think they lost his his no how to field as well. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 how can you say that's a wrong decision if he scores six points? You know. It's just the, the the spread of scores again. Like Don Murphy kicked a point near the end, but he was he was busy enough. But like Kevin McDonald and and, and Fikers Patrick were quieter than were the last day. So there was a lot of good work done by Magnus Gales, but still, you know, the goals were the difference again. Just mm. I think um, to pick you up on that, and Brian, I'll bring you in here. The fact that Rangers just always go for the juggler, they go for it every time, and if it's not on, they don't force it. You know ignorance. what I mean? Like we've seen ignorance. the clips. We've seen the clips that that were out on um, on social media, and it's not forced. They mm. generally tend to take the right option, and I think that proved crucially yesterday. Um, and yeah, ultimately, that's what got them to win. You know, um, unless you've gotten to the country. No, I think the only way um, a team is going to beat Rangers is they need to get ahead and and stay ahead. Um, any team that goes to, that tries to um, go with them uh, tit for tat is, you're asking for trouble because um, they are the team that with a minute to go uh, will hit a big ignorant ball in and Feathers and lock it down and Chris Nolan will stick it or whatever the case may be and they, they wouldn't they're not one bit afraid to do the, the orthodox thing they will just go uh, whatever the, the most direct route most they're like a blunt force instrument like and um, the, the only way to the team is going to beat them, I think, is to get ahead and stay ahead. And probably the team that does the, the most simple things, and it's such a cliche, but um, the one thing Rangers aren't going to have between now and, and a county final if they get there is the the real natural hand and abilities and the, the, the real basic um, skills perfected. They just don't have the, the time to do it. They're natural athletes and they, they've played football all their lives. Um, but it's been their secondary sport. And when they come up against a team who's only ever played football at that kind of level, um, if a team can stick to the basics and, and tease them out and get into a footballing battle uh, and, and can stay ahead of them, then they'll, then they'll beat them. But I was, when the draw was made, I was uh, fairly happy that it wasn't Rangers two weeks in, or two times in three weeks. We got 3-7 from play yesterday. That's a fair, you know, and like they didn't get any scoreboard freeze bar. I'd say two or three, whoever uh, would say they kicked one wide. They were born had any shot goal, you know. Don Murphy kicked one, and Chris Nolan kicked one, you know. They the well. kicked it off the left as well, yeah. Like a two foot, a two foot free taker, like that will probably never play county football, you know. It's mad as well. It's just so unfortunate you don't see that. Um, I'm going to go to predictions, lads. We've spent a half an hour talking about, about senior football, we haven't got the predictions yet, so. I'll start with Rangers and Tin Island. That is at a quarter to four on Sunday. And there's an intermediate game on before. And I'll get, uh, which one? It's, it's, um, Kilroyd and Iceland before. And I think the night before then, you have the other semi final, obviously, which is Raffili and Pala. And before that, you have the other intermediate semi final. But anyway, Rangers, Rangers, Tin Island, Brandon Hill. Um, I'm going to say Tin Island, um, based on what I was trying to say there about natural oh, football. If now, if Tin Island are going to play that defensive system, um, like the one team that isn't going to even like consider that a, a, an object is probably going to be Rangers. So it'd be interesting to see what actually happens on the day. Um, mm. But if, if it's a, if it could be a football and battle, uh, Tin Island. Um, but uh, if they concede a goal in the first twenty minutes, uh, they'll have an awful lot of work to do. But I'd say Tin Island. Right. Uh, I'm putting my 
prediction out there first before I come to the other two gents. I think Tyrone are obviously going to sell very different to, to Biden Sound. Biden Sound at times just had Shane Clark in front of the two lads, which just wasn't enough. And I think with a blanket and a bank of people in front, I think this gives this one a completely different complexion. Uh, so can Rangers adapt? Have they got the know-how to go and adapt and work around that? And can they go through the lines and force things? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Um, Tin Ryland are a couple of years into this project now. And yes, Rangers aren't to be written off. And actually, just before I give the prediction, this will tell you how tight things are and how tight the public think things are. Because we ran a poll yesterday um, on who everyone thought was going to win the championship. 206 votes. Raffili 35%, Rangers 27%, Pal 25%, Tin Island 13%. Now, either there's not too many people from Tin Island on Twitter, or I don't know what's going on. But, well, it, it is still a hard one to predict. I was kind of edging towards Tin Island, but I think Rangers might just find a way here. I think they might just find a way to have momentum. So I'm going to give Rangers the, the nod. Stevie. Right, well, the start of the championship in our WhatsApp group with Kevin, with Kevin and Joe, I went for Tin Ryland, um, just for because I, I, for no other reason other than it extended long enough, you know, what happened. Now, I've been impressed with them, and okay, look, their system, lads give Obo and blah, blah, blah. To beat what they've had to beat in front of them beforehand, this is test of the highest standard coming, and um, they're going to be asked questions, Will be able to answer him? We don't know till next. But that's Sunday. That's the Sunday match, is it? Yeah. yeah like more, I, more. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a bit of size around the square. Is it Conor Ryan, John Murphy? These lads will they be able to? Are they more physically able to handle the likes of Feathers, Chris Nolan, these lads in one-on-one situations? Probably better, better, better equipped than some other teams. Back to Brain's argument: the goal. Are Arthur Ryan going to hit more than twelve points with a goal? If Rangers kick kick a goal, then we have trouble. I'm going for Tin Ryan slightly. Um, you went a long way about that. Yeah, well, I'm going back to my prediction. That I don't know where I came out uh, four or five weeks ago. Uh, I, I Tin Ryan, but twelve points will, will that be enough? That, that's what they're hitting January 12th. They're, they don't look like scoring goals. You know, they got, I know they got two against Balnebrand, but since that thing, you know, the, the just Tin Ryland, but clean sheets back to that one. Keep a clean yeah. sheet this stage of the championship. Yeah, they won't, they won't concede four goals. I don't think they'll concede three goals. They, they might concede two max, I'd say. But anyway, Christy. Uh, Mount Leinster. Right. I, I do. I do actually think that Tin Ireland are a lot more polished this year, um, and it'd be interesting for the matchups. Like, can they sacrifice a Shane Redmond to go back and mark on the bigger lads? Kind of. I think if the matchups are right, it'll be a ding dong battle. Uh, but I, I just think football wise, I got Tin Ireland, but for the pure competitive side I'd go Mount Leinster Rangers because I just think they have a bit of variety with the type of ball they can deliver in and high balls just cause mess lads so um, I'm going to go Mount just barely hmm. Bodies have to gain support if it's hmm. an isolated situation where it's Eddie Bourne Chris Nolan and half at Hinn Island and the surrounding areas I I don't know I just don't know but anyway that's the that's the T's and C's of that one We'll go to the other semi-final. Pal and Raffili. Brian, I'll keep it brief. You're going to say Raffili anyway. Is there any reason apart from the one head versus heart thing? Um, I, I think I seen on social media this morning that Conor Lawler is in America. So, uh, presumably he won't be back. <laughs> so, go with that. <laughs> right. So, okay. We'll go with that. So, Raffili for Brian. Christy, you come back to you again. Uh, I will go also with Raffili. I think, yes, there was a massive win and it just straighten their season out completely and I think they'll have a big big uh, boost of confidence and momentum yesterday right Stevie I'll go Raffili as well um, on, on the pretense that that yesterday's game still isn't fresh enough for next week Palagon coming in fresh um, that can work both ways you know the extra game can, like the extra game will bring on Raffili no doubt about that and the boost of beating their rogue, you know, they're 
I, I is Conor Doherty back? Jason Kane, I don't know. These lads missed a couple of games. That Jason Kane, I think, is vital. I know he didn't play against all Auckland. Um, maybe he's away. He wasn't talked out at all. And he was on the team sheet. Even. Um, go, Raffili. Hmm. The one thing that um, I suppose is a few things Zero didn't do against Raffili, but they didn't move the ball at pace and looked to, you know, I hate using that word transition because it pisses me off a little bit, right? But get, get from back to front quickly enough and inject a bit of pace into it in general. I think Pal have loads of that as, they, as they've proven. I think if they bring that to it, they might have enough. If it's played on Raffili's terms, um, obviously Raffili are going to win it. But I'm going with Pal. I'm going with Pal. Okay, intermediate football. So, uh, two really enjoyable games on Saturday evening. Um, Grange and, and Nave Owen was the first one. And obviously, Calavin, Tony Gall and St. Patrick's was the second one. Now, I missed the first 20 minutes of Grange and Nave Owen. Uh, I apologise. Eddie Rock has gotten in the way and priorities are priorities. Um, so, I got my 20 minutes back at the end of it because I went the extra time. So, there is a God out there somewhere. Um, a very enjoyable game of football. Very, very high standard. Lots going on off the ball. Lots of big hits. Real championship fever. Yeah, very good game. In the end, uh, Navon prevailed 115 to 17 points. It was a Cottle Tracy score late on that uh, gave them enough. Lots of lots of drama. We could go into massive detail on it, but I'm just looking at the running order here and we're running out of time a little bit. Uh, but yeah, a game of really good standard. John Murphy kicked some great scores, I have to say. I don't know what age the man is, but every year he seems to be getting that bit better. He's probably beating himself up over an effort or two near the end. Uh, they were they were tough enough shots to take on. Didn't work out, but like you know, at times he, he actually carried Grange and he was fantastic. John Bourne actually kicked off a few nice points as well. Um, and Navon with Dublin Mick up there, anywhere Dublin Mick goes, lads, he gets results. He's one with Aska, he's one with Kilbride, he got the Blues from being on the verge of folding 10 years ago into a senior semi-final. And everywhere he seems to go, he just seems to bring that with him. Now Navon are back into a semi-final against Kilbride. And you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know what happened. Like Second game, um, I think St. Patrick's were sucker punched a little bit. Uh, Calavin Tony Gall hit them for a couple of goals. The Roberts brothers, um, one of them came from a short kick out that went arseways and they punished them. And they're always kind of chasing the game from there. They went six down. Got it back to two. Um, had a goal chance of their own. Eleven twenty goal short a bit of grit again. Um, John Corwin, lads. John Corwin's about forty-one or two, I think, and he is flying around the place still, like hopping off lads, winning ball, dropping back, helping out the defence. Like he's like a twenty-two-year-old box-to-box midfielder. He's just just brilliant. Uh, the lost Scully Kelly after about twenty minutes. Um, he went, he went off crying and I'm not going to abuse him too much because I'm going down to him in the morning. <laughs> Revenge could be sweet. But they're, they're playing good football. Joe Roberts kicked some great scores. Um, and then you look at it from Tolo's point of view, they've they've now become, I suppose, uh, a consistent intermediate team who are capable of challenging. And they're only a couple of kicks away from, from progressing in this one. But all in all, two really good games, I have to say. Um, I'm going to go to the junior or the intermediate predictions now in a sec as well, but just to talk about the junior. Didn't see Tin Ryland and Pal. It was Tin Ryland 311, Pal 3-8, which sounded like a very entertaining game as well. Um, I think it was, was it the Tin Ryland GFC report? I was, I was looking on Facebook there. As good a junior A game as you see. And I suppose the, the opposite in terms of a contest, Friday night when Lachlan Bridge bet um, all Auckland was a 315 to two points in the end. And I certainly didn't see that margin, Stevie, to be honest with you. Um, I had a feeling Lachlan would win and, and probably win rather comfortably, but didn't see all Lachlan only kicking two points in that. Uh, but life goes on. That's the that's the joys of it. So I'll go to fixtures and I'll go to predictions because I think Thursday night the action kicks off and you have Clomore against Tin Island in the first junior, um, what do you call it? In the first junior semi-final. And... Um, that is going to be a tasty one, indeed. But there's going to be one winner at the end of the day. I think that's Clonmore. And are we all unanimous on Clonmore for that? Clonmore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have to be. Sorry, Tin Island. Um, and then the following night, it's Lachlan Bridge versus Ballon. Um, 
I like what Lachlan Bridge are about. I think Dr. Cullen is now suiting them as well. They've had a couple of games in there over the last couple of years. Good young side, bit of grit about them. Yes, I sound like I'm biased. Uh, Lachlan Bridge <laughs> and Balling games are typically fecking hardy affairs. They cut lumps over each other, but there is nothing ever really said afterwards. And that's what fact. I remember after a replay, I think in 2014, that Ballon bet us by a point in, uh, yeah, after extra time. Wilson, if you would have boys, actually came down to. To me, he's after that. And when I say we knocked lumps of shit out each other for two games solid, that's the way it was like. And sure, isn't that what it's all about? So I think they'll be skinning hair flying Friday. Um, I think Lachlan might have enough to prevail, or at least they go up with him. Lads, where's that going? Stevie? Yes, look, no most Lachlan's haven't got the same, and I thought I was going to get to see Friday night, but I'm not going to know because we have a match. Um, but I, yeah, Lachlan are in a... It's a game like that. That uh, like like last year, ended up in the semi final against Grange, give him enough food, and you know to be building year on year. Um, you know, Liam Brendan and Nilis were the county team there, and it, so the boys, these boys have to come back and and uh, show their the bit of uh, experience they've earned with the county there, and they haven't fairness so far. And this is one where they'll have to show it again. And I, 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 I give them the nod. Like uh, their their train is going well, of what I've heard, and um, but like Ballin, it'll be. You know, there'll be, there'll be nothing in it. It's going to be, I'd say, a high scoring game. It might suit Lachlan a bit better, maybe, but um, the weather's be good, I think, for the week. So you'd be hoping it'll be a good open game. But uh, I'd give Lachlan a nod in that. Good stuff, Brian. Uh, I'm going to go with Ballon. Um, like the Wonder Tree group games, um, I think they had a score difference of 45 or 50, um, which, okay, you can't read too much into it when it's at Junior A, but. Um, the, still have a couple of lads who did play senior football not too long ago um, so I think Ballon, uh, sorry Kev Alright, well water, Christy I oh, have to make an admission I haven't seen a lot of Ballon to be honest this year um, but I've seen Lachlan and yeah, I like what they're about and what they're trying to do um, I think the last few years they've, they've gathered a bit of a m- momentum so they won't be scared off by the occasion so it was just on going seeing them I'll go lucky right there we go moving on to intermediate then so as we said there is a game a piece along with a senior semi-final uh, Saturday 5.30 now it's Colin Park 11.20 goal and Fenne um, in a word Fenne for me uh, that's how many words that lads that's three for any of Christy uh, f- yeah I'd pa- probably go Fenne like they're a seasoned outfit now at this stage and Surely they have to get over the line, but um, they have to get over the line. Um, I'll go Fenna. Right, Brian. I go Fenna as well for no obvious reason. Okay, Stevie. I go Fenna, but no, Kildavan. The probably promoting Joseph Hopper performance and. These are the games, the knockout games. This is the one they can, the, the three games won already, not worth a stocking. Yeah. Uh, this is the game you have to win. You lose this, you're gone. And you know, a bit of pressure on Fennan now because it's been going well. I, I give Fennan a nod, but they could have him to Robert start last day, scored a goal apiece. I can understand, you know, I just I'd see the boys from the subs and wondering, you know, if there's better lads than that to start every day. And you know, the boys can be a box of tricks, but still, it's time for Fennan to. To, you know, show that that, that that minor minor team they had there that that Cormac Lomas party hands all them boys they need to step up and, and get into a, an intermediate final and get hold try and get hold of intermediate and into senior. Never want to kill right. Ha! That's a nice one to kick things off on Sunday, lads. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I think it'll, it'll uh, be the game that decide that the GA will finally decide that footballers should wear helmets. <laughs> George Darcy wore a horn helmet in a football final years ago, I think. Um he, he got a bad bad enough uh, injury. There's a photograph of that going on somewhere. Um I am going with Jesus. I'm going with Nev One. Just about. Just about. Uh, in a big arm wrestle. Stevie. I went from last week, I'll go from again this week. Good man. Brian uh, extra time and a fisted point in the last minute uh, to get Nevo over the line. Uh, 
and my apologies to the Foley's. I think if it goes to extra time, now this could bite me, but I think if it goes to extra time, they won't win it. Just profile alone. I don't think Kilbride are a team made for extra time, and extra time is not made for Kilbride. Uh, Christy? I go Dave Owen. They were there thereabouts last year, and they seem to be have the show on the road again this year. So they know how to win. Teak tough, so they are. So mm-hmm. I go on there. Quick word on. One thing before I go on to the ladies' finals, lads. So, Richie Burke, in fairness to him, got out Microsoft Excel last week and did up a series of things that got a lot of, I suppose, people thinking regards to area teams and stuff like that. And he did one without area teams and having looked at it, I don't think 10 first teams, I go back on my word, don't think it's a gore. Uh, that's fairly unanimous now, I'd say, among all of us here. But he added in um, area teams and what they might look like. Uh, again, Eligibility is intermediate and junior players that have seen what that goes that I was saying. Um, one into a semi, two and three to quarters and the two lowest ranked teams in relegation. So teams four in, in both groups might be might be safe. Um, there is another criteria which is up for debate. Max of four people, uh, four per club, uh, minimum one starting, uh, minimum of two per club on the panel. But the divisions, he has, we'll call one Carlos out, with Kilbride, Clown, Clonigal, Fennet, Navon, Ballin, Lachlan Bridge, St. Wollins and One North, Graham, Johanrahan, St. Patrick's, Clummore, Fighting Cox, and Aska. And I'm not going to name people, but a few people did get in touch. They didn't want to do it publicly, but there was a few private um, versions of teams and what they may or may not look like. And just say, South, for example, it could be something like the following um, Keane Kavanagh, Liam Roberts, Jamie McCabe, Mark Curry, Corey Coynes, Owen Nolan. Sean Smithers, Sean Murphy, Liam Brennan, Owen Roberts, Dara Foley, John Michael Nolan, Parik Nolan, Jack Tracy, Aidan Lillis. Uh, there's no um there's no Neil Hickey was saying that in that team that's on that's on a county panel. That would be a test, you know, senior side, lads. That's a senior team, yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Is it a no-brainer to bring this in? Or is there anyone against this whole thing if it was to be a gore out of the three of us that's here on the screen? Well, the thing with the area teams is how do you work it? When the area teams were brought before in Carlo, I might flash up a couple of them there, 1991 or whatever. There was a couple of, there's been, but they were knockouts. There's never been yeah. one done in a group scenario. Hmm. So, would clubs buy into it or players buy into it? Do I have to play a Thursday night with, with uh, South Carlo on the following Tuesday night with, with just Samuel Hester Andrew, Kilbride, or whatever it is? You know, is that would that be a runner? You know, you're you're, you're it, it is going to be group matches. That's the biggest quirk in it. The the fixtures is the biggest quirk in it. So when when or where it's happened elsewhere, to the best of my knowledge from doing a little bit of homework on it, is that you might play with your own club, junior or intermediate, on a Wednesday slash Thursday, and the divisional team will play on the Sunday. That there'll always be you know, it wouldn't be a game one day after the other. Even at that, it's probably a big ask because the fixtures are ran off week on week in Carlo. Is there scope? So, is there scope to only enter the area teams at quarterfinal stage? Maybe. Um. To, to, for no other reason than to avoid the, and like I mean, it's hard to ask if you say, but just looking here at Grange or a Fenna pushing for an intermediate. Um, I don't want to give any other players at all to uh, an area team. Whereas if the if you were able to somehow run off the intermediate and junior championships and give them their full promotion and, and make them make them a really big deal and then run your senior championship almost at the last you know you have your junior champions intermediate champions whatever but then there's the interest there in players to keep going there for an area team to senior football it's hard to yeah what do you think christy i think it'll come down to clubs and numbers really to be honest like if a club can survive and have the numbers, I think they'd want to push ahead as a club. Um, if numbers and age profile were a bit off for a club, I'd see it as not join up because um, lads want to be playing competitive, competitively. So, um, yeah, interesting. But yeah, sure, so- like, almost you can put it out there. It's the clubs that'll decide it. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, though, right? So you're looking at the, looking at this, I suppose, from the point of view of yes, they're still playing with with their own clubs, but you have guys playing in a senior club championship that may then be in the shop window to play 
senior county. Whereas, just say at the moment, it's a big ask for someone that's never played senior county to come in as a junior A club player, unless you're a Sean Murphy in a freaking nature, to go in and make that jump because it's a big jump up the ladder. And then the other positive thing is they come back to their own clubs then, having seen what a senior setup was like and played at a high standard. And it should really, if the player is influential enough, feed off on everyone else and look for them to raise the bar at the lower level and maybe should benefit the, you know, the club at intermediate and junior level. Now, it's not always always the case, of course, but I don't know. How does it work in Kerry? Like, how they have, they have the regional teams. At what stage does the area team slide into the championship? Yeah. I've, I've, tried, championship stuff. I've tried to work this out, right? There is... There's a county championship and a club championship, basically, okay. right? Um, but in Kerry occasionally, though, and in other counties occasionally, there is still a crossover of fixtures whereby someone, and in Cork it happens a bit, whereby someone might be actually playing on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday and have to play a Sunday again. And sometimes it's happened to play two days in a row. And that can happen. Simple as that. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. The fixtures, if, if fixtures weren't a problem... And there wasn't too much of an ask on players. I think that's ultimately what would let the whole thing down. I think a lot of clubs might might like the idea of it. There's probably some that wouldn't as hell, no doubt. Uh, but anyway, that's it. I suppose we may leave it at that. It's maybe a chat for another day. Move on to the ladies' finals. So, uh, Christy, congratulations. Um, Erog were probably struggling a little bit uh, not too long ago. Fair play to yourself and Paul. Fahey went in to give a dig out. I know Marion Hayden is over the side and Marion and um, and Pamela Hayden actually send her apologies. Neither of them were, were available actually to, to come on tonight as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you must have been very thrilled with that. I have to mention Cottle Kelly there and Seamus as well. Um, yeah, delighted with it. Um, I said it to you in a text there the other day and I don't know if lads have coached ladies football or girls they're mad to learn and you get a return on your coaching very very quickly off a ladies team um yeah a lot of hard work effort kind of i'd say no one kind of gave us a chance but uh it was nice to get over the line Um, i thought we'd never get the ball over half back line there for about 10 minutes in the second half um but no it was good good standard football on display and two well-matched kind of teams as well Um, yeah i think it's I was just asking around. I think it's the healthiest the club has ever been regarding ladies football. There's a team at every grade, so that's brilliant. Um, so onwards and upwards now. Yeah, that's the hallmarks of progress. And people often think that it is just about the senior team. It's not. These players come through ranks and you put things in place to get them there and get them there to high standard. Um, and it's mad, actually. I heard, I think it was the same Ray was talking about, like for years... It was, it was barely even a club at all and barely any teams under it. I know what you just said, that's progress. Like, you know, people pin progress down to a senior setup, but the bigger picture is always a play like so. Okay, yeah. it's, it's everywhere. Like, it's it, there's many people that go unnoticed in the club that are doing Trojan work behind the scenes. Uh, there's many coaches that are there week in, week out, rain, hail, seats, snow, in the sunny weather and they're driving it on and they're all volunteers and it's in every club but like hats off to them it's brilliant because to see so many even young ladies up there the other day supporting two teams was brilliant to see and like no matter where you are in the world ladies sport is the biggest growing sport any ladies sport is it's just growing and growing and growing at a phenomenal rate at the moment so uh, it's something to be great to be part of um a great kind of experience for myself and paul and cottle as well we just came in and implemented something where marion is the manager and the driving force behind it all really um so yeah it's good just nice to be part of it and a great occasion and a great day as well yeah probably give um sarah dyle a shout out i think she got player of the match in the end and this is another progressive thing i like seeing it doesn't matter what team the best player on the pitch is playing on whether to win or lose. I think they should get player of the match. And the example I always use was uh, most cabinet in a minor final years ago. I think he got four six and he didn't get man of the match. 
any under scored four or six in the match has to get better. He played in an under fourteen final. I was marking Alan Barrett, and there was two man the matches. I don't know how it worked out. Two sponsors. I got one, and he got one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, Kev, the, that minor final, Mouse did get, didn't he? And no, he everyone, got, no, everyone Dier, said Dermot Byrne should have I got. think I think Dermot Byrne got it. Dermot Byrne got it with his two or three points in midfield, and Mouse got four or six and didn't get it. Almost certain. No, Almost I was in the press box that day, and I think myself. And that's why. That's why you sir. I don't. I think me and Kieran Murphy and somebody else uh, picked it, and I'm ne- I'm nearly sure we picked Mouse, and we got two or three people up to the press box afterwards telling us that we were wrong and that it should have been Dermot Byrne. I'm a, have I got that completely wrong? I think, I think you've got it the other way. I think I think it was the other way around. But you had the two lads right, anyway. Um, moving on to the senior V final, anyway. Um, St. Dan's and Rothville, four seven to six is how. That one, uh, that one finished up. Um, they're making they're making good progress down there. In fairness, they're probably the next common team you, you could say. Saint Anne. So uh, well done to everyone involved down there as well. Um, the senior final then, O'Loughlin and Benicarrington Ryland. Not an unusual fixture by any matter of means. But I think in, in the lead up to this, when you hear no Cleany Hay, no Roshi and Boran, no Neve Kelly, a serious loss for any team. And Stephen, by all accounts, it seemed like they were still ferociously competitive. And you know, in general, what was it like? Yeah, it was. I suppose a bit like Arog and Rafili in the in, in Monogar in the first half. To get O'Loughlin were probably a better team, a little bit better. And the scoreboard was, was slow to start moving. It was four points to one. Uh, say come up five minutes before half time, and. Um, Fiona O'Sullivan hit high ball now the morning that she had hit that hit one in earlier and uh Katie Bullen almost gone the end of it and it was a good catch between Nicole Hanley this time. Uh Nicole just took her out for a second and probably you know uh Katie Bullen's actually coming in top for her again and ended up in back in net and it was four points to one one and uh in first all Oxley went straight back up and they hit three points in I'd say a minute and a half, two minutes. Jim McCarver hit two and I think Rachel hit one as well. And so the goal was literally waxed off in before half time came. And um as you said, like you no know, fairness coming into it, the, the two Sire girls were they were dodgy as well. They were under the weather for the last couple of days as well, but they scored eight points between them, six from play. Uh, Jimmy Carpenter was lethal, wearing number 13. She had four points in play. A squeeze and note, the loveliest kicking action you'll see of any scores in there yesterday. Um, she got she got two of the, the ones at the end of the first half. There two of them, three that was saying were vital. That 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 gave O'Loughlin a bit of a, you know, it was, it was one four to, it was, sorry, it was one, or seven points to one, one and a half time then. So that goal, the impetus to got the, they got the score playing the first minute Sinead Head and scored a, a free, but they didn't score again until the, that that goal from um, Fiona O'Sullivan. But it was a lot of hard work. And geez, there was like you know we're talking about um, Gary Dempsey and these lads in the in, in the you know I'm not going to mention the name the the age of Dear Dear Tomlinson and Michelle Dermody. By God, they pulled out some ball like they were you know it was a war of attrition. You know the middle third there was a lot of you know Emma Brennan's back centre back as Ellen Atkinson has gone travelling. So then. Uh, Ironically, Emma didn't get to start traveling up the field until after half time. You know, the game opened up a small bit then. Um, Quigo O'Neill got player of the game after the match. Uh, like herself and Helen Roach got to a mountain of ball, and so did Audrey Murphy, Fiona Sullivan as well. You know, just that sort of a game where the goal came about five minutes to go. Rachel served it. The game was after opening up, and Rachel she gets a scent of goal. She came in, drew, drew the player, dropped it over to Eva Lawler. Evan Aller bats into the back of the net, 25 years on from her father scoring a goal in the in our senior win against Pal. Um, Brain probably had a little more work, work to do than Eva had to finish it off. But, uh, the you know, it's good to see. There's, there's, I think there's about eight or nine left off the team, won the Leinster, was it, four years ago. So they brought in a few of them there, like Sheaf O'Neill, younger sister of Quiva. You have Jenny Sawyer, younger sister of Rachel. Neve Roach and Helen Roach missed out that time there back playing as well. Like as you said, the injuries at the far end. Like you know, how can you, you know, and a lot would have known that going in. But like I've seen county finals before, where there's been big players missing, and you, you can you have to play what's in front of you. You know, just totally blank out that. And like Roshan Bourne, Neve Kelly, and Cleena Shelley, three crucial injuries. Like I know we 
we knew going in it was Tobin and then Roshan Byrne was somewhere in the last week or that. Um, like, and then where was very good, but very good away from the goal, and it had to be out. You know, if she could have been afforded in, I'd have to say, Marion Head refereeing, she let a bit go. I have done an excellent job on it. Um, uh, another high ball came in, and the first to land where she knocked out the ball, and, and I'd said, Nicole Handy's not half the size of her. And uh, in fairness, she got fist to it, and the land where left left uh, Nicole in the net, no free. That sort of a game was let go. Like, and I thought, I said, Mary done a very good job. Uh, possibly first the first the first Carlo female to referee a ladies final. Maybe I'm wrong now, but I know Liam Mullins is referee, and so is Pam as well. So, and Liam Mullins, another one, and she was driving forward there from the first minute to the last. She got a point near the end of it there. You know, just well, Auckland have. Um, they're away to Westmead and Media Champions in three or four weeks' time. And the winners of that is a home to Longford Champions. So they'd be a senior champions, I think. So be interested to see how they'll go on. But like as I said, going into the game with what injuries Ben Carrington Ryland had, you always felt all Auckland had a you know, they probably had a bit more chance than normal, 60-40. Like last year probably, you know, Clean the was the difference and Neve Kelly as well. Roshan Warren was very good last year. So imagine taking any three forwards over starting and all county players as well, like you know. So well Auckland deserved the win, you know, it took a while to get that gap. And you know, they'll they'll try and they're open to come over, you know, next Saturday against Monster Rangers, a lot of them. So hmm. we'll be trying to get to the final of that as well. Hmm. I got a look at a few bits and pieces of that there today, the same one, and obviously saw the highlights of some of the others there as well. And I run about here the whole time, and it's not the sound patronizing or condescending, but the standard has come on an awful lot. An awful lot. Like, when was the last time you saw a team scoring 15 times and getting 15 points and not winning a final? You know, like, mm-hmm. 0-3-9, St. Bridges, 15 points. Um, I just think in general, it's come on, come on, leave some bounds and, and fair play. Oh, well done. Lads, I want to get to the AOB part. Um, I have a couple of shout-outs, actually, before I finish up. Gary Phelan was in touch. He said, give Davids under-13s a mention. They won the Division 1B Sunday and went the whole year without losing the game. Uh, there's another one. Uh, happy birthday, Paddy Ellis. Uh, was there a cake up in the quarry, Stevie? Was there? Well, if there was a cake, there was no Paddy. He's gotten into that. <laughs> Must be his birthday, so. Must be his birthday, so. You're back to um, Gary Fields there. The, the, the Davids under 13, lads, in fairness. No, I, um, no go for them chaps now. They're, they're, they're playing Raffili and that, and they were giving away. Uh, a lot of size, a lot of a lot small as that team, and I heard it was a great battle. The 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 got up by a goal, they got a goal early on, and there was the difference in the wind up. And in fairness, Raffili the only way twenty four hours for revenge. Their their minors put our, our minors out of the championship tonight. So um, no, it's good to see because the the lads there. The, the in fairness to the the several cushion and log, the in some of the groups there, if you topped your group, you went into the higher division then. And so you got a chance to play with the bottom half of the top of the division above you, and that's the division they ended up. So they probably they started off in in two division two and ended up in one B. So they're technically the fifth best team. Hers would have been if they won the division two, they would have been ninth best. So uh, as Gary, I'd have to agree with Gary Feeling for once, and that's not very easy, you know. Like that. <laughs> Lads, any other shout outs? Um, a fairly prominent. Grange footballer was in touch to say that he's with a couple of lads on the beer um, discussing the North Carlo uh, proposal. So, um, Young Bailey is on about that there. All good, man. Good, man. Yeah. Shall we see? Can we, can we get more light of it? Christy, all good from your end? All is good. All is good. Good, man. Okay. Well, look, lads, we'll, we'll call it quits of that. Thanks a million for, for jumping on with us once more. Much appreciated. Brian O'Donnell, Christy Bulger and Stephen Bambrick. Uh, before we finish up, there was other fixtures that I should have given out. Uh, the Junior B semi-final, Raffili and Aska, that is on Sunday evening at 6 o'clock out in Fenna. And just scrolling backwards to see when the other Junior B one is on. That is actually on Friday night as well. And it is Ballerana up against St. Mullins. The Junior C draw was made. Um, I'll just give you the fixtures because I don't know when they're taking place exactly, but uh, yeah, this be announced as Clumore, Amonis Rangers, and O'Hanrens, and St. Patrick. So that's it for this evening. I uh, want to give a shout out to Recovery Hub and Carlo. Milano's takeaway, Bindness Town, Seamus Bourne Electrical, uh, number one for your floodlights, Carpenter's Bar Lounge and Restaurant, Rail Wheel and Limited, the Barber's Barbershop, Fine Framers, JJ Services, Scats Bounce and Castles, and Precision 
media productions. We are very much looking forward to a festival of semi-finals this weekend in Carlo. They should be tasty indeed. And guess what? We'll be back here again to review it all. Until then, take care.